and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees, and on each episode, I investigate a different, weird, and wonderful subject. And on this episode, we are going to explore some eerie and unusual death omens. Death omens that don't conform to the usual rules. Death omens that are a little bit out of the ordinary, but no less deadly for those who encounter them. And so, to begin at the beginning. And this is the latest episode in our never-ending quest in search of the death omens that plagued the good people of Wales. And by death omens, I mean those supernatural experiences and encounters that people had that foretold a real death. So people might see something, they might hear something, they might feel something, and this would suggest to them that somebody, maybe several people, are going to die nearby in the near future. And one famous example that I've spoken about on several other episodes are the phantom funerals. And this is where people see a ghostly funeral taking place, usually in the middle of the night. And they might recognise some of the people involved. They might see some friends and family in the procession of the funeral and they might even get a glimpse of the name of the person to be put in the ground. They might see the name of somebody they know who is alive and well written on the gravestone, maybe on the coffin, only for that person to die soon after and for the real funeral to take place, much as the phantom funeral had done so beforehand. But we are not going to start with a phantom funeral this time, at least not directly, but something even stranger than a phantom funeral, and that is a phantom train, a good old ghost train. One of my favourite subjects, and incidentally a subject I will be giving you an update about at the end of this episode, but this particular phantom train was seen in the early 1900s, by a man called James from Nantgeredig in Carmarthenshire, who recalled his experience at the age of 75, and it goes like this. Some years ago, when he happened to be out and about around midnight, and unexpectedly he saw a train passing by, which came from the direction of Carmarthen and went towards Llandilo. But... As no train was due to pass through the station of Nantgeredig at that hour, he inquired of the station master next morning, what was that special train that passed at midnight? In reply, he was told he must have been dreaming or he had seen the spirit of a train, as no train had passed at that time of night. So the station master clearly didn't believe him. He accused him of dreaming. He could have accused him of drinking as well, but he had done neither. And when the station master suggested maybe he'd seen the spirit of a train, I am assuming he was joking when he did so. Maybe he did it with a laugh or a smirk. Spirit of a train. But maybe, just maybe, that's exactly what James saw. And to continue, a few days after this, 
a special train did indeed pass through the station. And this train was special because it was not a regular train, but one put on specially to convey a large funeral from Carmarthen to Llandilo. And James was convinced that the train he had seen in the night was nothing less than an apparition of the real train with the funeral. And we are also told that his friend corroborates this, so not everyone made fun of James like the station master. So what was really going on? Well, if we give James the benefit of the doubt and we assume that his account was accurate, not only is this a case of a phantom train, but it's also a phantom funeral at the same time. It was a phantom train carrying a phantom funeral. A phantom funeral train, if you will. I've invented a new death omen off the top of my head. A phantom funeral train, and there are not many of those charging around the countryside at night. Now, other accounts that break the rules of phantom funerals, if indeed any rules do apply, but there are some who claim that phantom funerals, or toily as they are better known in Welsh, are not seen in the daytime because, like every other apparition, a toily is supposed to be seen in the night time only. But there is always a but. But, according to the late Mr. Hledrod Davis, people working at the harvest, my favourite time of year, people working at the harvest near Llangaitho in Ceredigion many years ago saw a toily at midday, in the middle of the day in the churchyard of Llan Badarn Odwin, and a funeral took place soon afterwards. So, short and sweet account, but somebody is telling us that, yes, several people saw a phantom funeral in the day. And in another account of a daytime phantom funeral from Pembrokeshire this time, an old woman, as she is described, an unnamed farmer's wife in the parish of Llanakevin, says that an old man named John Salmon saw an apparition of a funeral in the daytime, and he even recognised most of those who were in the procession, a very important part of phantom funerals here, being able to recognise the participants, but was surprised to find that the minister was not amongst them. And I should interrupt quickly here to point out, maybe I'm pointing out the obvious, but of course it would have been strange having the funeral without the minister, because being the good, God-fearing Christian country that Wales was, you wouldn't want to send someone off without the correct personnel on hand. But a few days after this, a funeral did take place. A real funeral took place. And the minister was prevented from being present as he had been called away from home at the time. A detail which, if we assume all of this is true, adds further weight to the truth of the old woman's story. And talking about old women with stories, it's amazing how many of these old tales come from nameless, unidentifiable old women and old men. But another old woman encountered an unusual phantom funeral because it was heard and not seen. Usually they are seen, maybe not heard, but certainly seen. But in this case, the old woman who lived 
in a little cottage in the Ceredigion parish of Dehewid in the late 1800s, claimed to hear every phantom funeral that passed her house. And while she didn't see the procession, maybe she was too scared to open the door to peek through the curtains, but she heard them so clearly she could even tell the number of horses, the number of ghostly steeds involved in the funeral. And while this isn't specified, I'm assuming her claims must have been corroborated in some way afterwards. Somebody must have listened to her claims and then counted up the horses involved in the real funeral. Otherwise, this is just an old woman counting imaginary horses, I guess. And if that wasn't enough nameless old women for one episode, yet another old woman who this time lived close to Llan Avan Churchyard in Ceredigion in the early 1900s, heard from her bed one night the vicar's voice, the voice of the Reverend W.J. Williams, reading the burial service quite distinctly, and soon afterwards a funeral did take place. The vicar was informed of this by the old woman herself. So another very short or sweet example there, but this is a woman who heard the words of the funeral before the actual funeral took place. But that's enough old women hearing funerals. Let us move on to phantom singing. Yes, phantom singing, I bet nobody saw that one coming. And you'll be glad to know I will not be performing any phantom singing on this episode. I wouldn't inflict that on you. It would be more terrifying than any of the diabolical tales of death omens on this episode. But phantom singing, and this account comes to us from an old woman. I bet everyone saw that one coming. But this old woman in the late 1800s, who was the mother of one David Hughes of Cumhlachweth, was, we are told, one day standing outside of the house, when all of a sudden she she heard the sound of singing. She recognised the voice of the singer as the voice of the curate of Sledrod. But when she looked round, she could see no one anywhere. She was seemingly alone, except for the maidservants who had also heard the same sound of singing. So, in this account, it's not just the old woman hearing things, it's also the potentially young person hearing the same supernatural sounds. I say potentially the ages of the servants are not specified, but they all thought it was the curate of Hledrod. Now, fast forward 12 months and tragedy struck when her son, the aforementioned David Hughes, a man of 22 years of age, died. And sadly, while we don't know how he died, we do know that on the day of the funeral, in the same house where they had heard the singing, the curate of Hledrod was standing near the door and gave out a hymn to everyone who came to pay their respects, and he conducted the singing himself just as the funeral was leaving the house. So, not an immediate premonition here. In fact, it took quite a long time. It took an entire year for the phantom singing to reveal its purpose. But it was unusually heard by more than one witness, and possibly even more unusual. It wasn't seen out in the wilds of Wales in, in a graveyard in the middle of the night. 
This was experienced just outside their home. And that is where it repeated itself a year later. Now, in another example of a singing toily that may or may not have been seen as well, it doesn't specify, but it was certainly heard by a woman who, this time, remarkably, they don't specify if this woman is old or not. She must have been young. But this woman at Aberporth recalled the exact words she heard being sung, which would then be repeated soon after at the funeral of her aunt. And the words she heard being sung, which I will give you in Welsh first and then translate into English, although we only get a taste. I don't know if she heard more than this, but she certainly heard the words Gwynvid a rai troifith sin mind oblith a bew, which means blessed are those through faith which goes from among the living. Which sounds like a verse that is intended to fill you with some hope for the afterlife, a nice Christian send-off to your loved ones, which presumably is slightly less comforting when you hear it being sung in the middle of the night by ghostly voices well before any funeral takes place. Now, wrapping up this episode and these tuneful death omens, these phantom funerals that make sounds, if you will, we have a short and sweet and potentially pointless tale from a Mr. John Llewellyn from Ross Aguidar, which at the time of writing, we are told, is somewhere on the borders of Carmarthenshire and Pembrokeshire, although these borders have been shifted around slightly since those days. They've been redrawn, but roughly in that area. And Mr. John Llewellyn was on his way to Reed William Chapel, which I presume to be in Llandesilio, one evening. And he was surprised when he listened to hear his own voice preaching a funeral sermon. And that's it. The end. Apologies, I did warn you this was a slightly, a slightly pointless, a slightly frustrated story. He hears his own voice preaching from inside the chapel. The end. Now, I am... Assuming that being Mr. John Llewellyn, he is specified as Mr. John Llewellyn. He's not the Reverend John Llewellyn or anything. So maybe he shouldn't have been giving the sermon, which would make it slightly unusual that he was giving the sermon. Maybe he died soon afterwards. After hearing that voice, maybe he died. Maybe someone he knew died soon after. I don't know. It's all hypothetical. I'm just thinking aloud as to what reason, what purpose there would have been to record this story a century ago, and what purpose I have for repeating it a century later on this podcast. As always, if you have any theories, answers on postcards, or as we use nowadays, social media, and we'll see if we can work out exactly what was going on with Mr. John Llewellyn. Now, before we end this episode, I did mention right at the start something about ghost trains. And long-term hardcore listeners might remember a few years ago, back in the very early days of this podcast, back on episode 16, when I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Why, well, I, still, I still have no idea what I'm doing. I had even less idea back then what the heck I was doing. But I told you all of a phantom train that also rocketed around the Carmarthenshire countryside. Carmarthen must be a popular destination for these spooky locomotives. And while that tale wasn't a death 
omen as such. It was an omen of sorts because it did precede the appearance of a real train line. And just to recap quickly, if you'd like the full details, please go back and check out episode 16. But very quickly, this phantom train was seen in a part of the world where there were no train tracks for a train to be on. But the suggestion is that the train, this train that scared the local fishermen and farmers, this foreshadowed the arrival of a real train in this part of the world. So again, it's an omen of a train that wasn't there yet. It was a glimpse into the future. And we can see the parallels here with the death omens. The big difference being, of course, that death omens almost exclusively predict the end of someone's life, whereas the train predicts the changing of a way of life. And I think if we were looking at these tales with more of our social history hats on rather than just scary ghost train hats on, I think what we'd see in these stories are the manifestations of genuine fears that the rural population had at the time. With the Industrial Revolution in full swing, their way of life, their tranquil way of life, at least in the idealised, romanticised view of pre-industrial Wales, was being destroyed. The countryside itself was being destroyed. And the fears and the apprehensions of the people being dragged, kicking and screaming into the industrial age. Is it possible that maybe, just maybe, they manifested themselves in these phantom funerals, in these death omens that flitted around the land, in these giant mechanical spectres that charged around, spewing hellfire into the air on mysterious tracks that spiderwebbed through the once green fields. Well, maybe that's too big a question to try and squeeze in at the end of an episode of this podcast, but... It's one we can delve even deeper into on the next Death Omens episode in the not-too-distant future. But there was also another reason I wanted to talk to you about ghost trains at the end of this episode. And it is a far less highbrow reason, shall we say, to talk about ghost trains. Because back on episode 16, a few years ago now, I also spoke of my love for the fairground tradition of ghost rides that are sadly disappearing from British seaside resorts and presumably elsewhere in the world. But certainly here in Britain, the old fairgrounds and the old ghost trains are disappearing, which I think is a huge loss. I love traditional ghost trains, even the old rundown ones, especially the old rundown ones. The more rundown, the better. The ones that look dangerous, not because of any ghosts painted on them, but because the machinery hasn't been touched since the 1970s. And I said back then that I would love to visit and document these places someday. But when I recorded that episode, it was back in the year 2020. And we all know what happened in 2020. And back then, none of us could leave our homes, never mind leave our towns or our cities and go looking for ghost trains. But now that things have returned to some kind of normality, I don't want to use the word normal. I don't think we'll ever be normal ever again. This summer, and especially this autumn, I fully intend to pick up that ghost train pilgrimage again and set off on my travels. And that is going to be one of my first video projects that I talked about that will be coming up very soon. So, as I said back then, and I'll say it again now, if anyone has any recommendations of any great 
ghost trains that I should go and visit. The more traditional, the better. Let me know and I will do my best to add it to my list of places to visit. But on that note, this ghost train has reached its final destination for this episode. We've reached the end of another episode of the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't already, please consider pressing the subscribe button and you will never miss an episode ever. If you really enjoyed it, you can support the podcast by treating me to a coffee via my website or just leaving a nice review or rating. If you'd like more Ghosts and Folklore, you can follow me on social media. I'm on all the main platforms. And as well as this podcast, I've also written a number of books about similar weird and wonderful subjects which are available from all good bookshops offline and on. Again, full details on the website where there's also a lovely shiny new merchandise link as well. And on that note, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian Amrando. I've been Mark Reese. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. And remember... If you find yourself standing at a lonely train station at night and an unexpected locomotive comes streaming by, maybe, just maybe, it's a sign that the times they are are changing. Until next time, no star. No star.